You have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The Furies. The Boppers. The Hi-Hats. The Lizzies. The Turnbull Aces. The Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! And these are the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now, they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety stand 20,000 cops. And a hundred thousand sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the warriors. They've got one way out. They've got one chance. They've got one night. The Warriors. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to GeekFest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone, and today we are going to be looking at some action figures. We are going to discuss the Warriors. I got a brand new set of the Warriors action figures that have been in the works for a long time. They finally came out and delivered, and they are very, very good. I'll give you my complete review on that. And that will be followed by two posters of the month. We are getting back to posters of the month. We haven't done them in a bit. First up, we'll have Westworld, the original the original Westworld, Michael Crichton's Westworld. And then we are going to look at the Reed campaign, if you will. And what I'm talking about is the brand new Grogu Reed poster, which is a callback to the Yoda Reed poster. If you guys are Star Wars poster collector fans, you'll know what I'm talking about. So let's just get started with the Warriors. You can collect them all! You are a toy! is not included. Just get those wonderful toys. Details on specially marked packages at participating stores. Is that the $6 million man's boss? 
It's Oscar Goldman. Why do you have that? That's worth a lot of money. That's much more valuable than Steve Austin. Action figures each sold separately. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Some assembly required. All your favorite Star Wars heroes and villains. I have three of each. One to display, one to open, and one just in case. I'd like to do a, a quick little toy review here. Action figures. A number of months ago, I placed an order for the Warriors action figures. Now, I knew about this way over a year ago. I believe I saw some prototypes on some pictures from one of the toy fairs from, I would say, maybe two years ago or either one or two years ago. I don't remember exactly how long, but it's been a long time. And these have been in the works for a long time. There have been other Warriors-related figures put out in the past, even the same company, Mesco Toys. They have a different version of these figures, which are the larger, like the 12-inch types. They're super detailed, super articulated, a ton of accessories, but these guys cost like somewhere between two and three hundred bucks. Way, way, way out of my price range. And I believe the set comes with four figures. This set that I'm talking about is the five point of articulation, you know, three and three quarter inch kind, like the uh, reaction ish kind, that bandwagon that I keep telling you guys so much that everybody seems to be jumping on lately, or at least over the last couple of years. And what you got here is a box, and I'll, I'll put pictures on it on the uh, on the cover art. A box that says the Warriors Deluxe Box Set. These are the armies of the night. That's the the catchphrase or the logo of the film, if you will, if you remember the poster. I, I think I talked about the poster a long time ago. And this particular one comes with five figures. Now, when I originally heard about this, I wasn't sure that these were going to be sold as a set or as individuals. If they were going to be individuals, I probably only would have bought just one of these characters. But it turns out that they're selling them as a set, not individuals. And the one that I would have bought was the Fury, you know, baseball player gang member. I'm not going to go into the movie too deep because I've talked about the movie before when I talked about the poster. If you guys remember, you can go back and dig up that old uh, episode where, you know what attracted me to the film and, and you know, the, just the, the different styles of the gangs and how different they're all, they, they all are and how the film, it really feels like a Western. Like you're traveling in through these different native areas where they all have their own thing and you're battling your way through all these to get to your like location. That's basically what the film is. It's, it's really a Western if you think about it. But Merchandising this film is like the last thing on anybody's mind. And this is not the type of thing where you're dealing, uh, for example, with the Alien franchise, uh, especially the first film, where there were original plans to try to sell or try to manufacture some kind of an action figure, small action figure. You know, if you remember, they actually did put out Kenner, out of all things in the world, put out the large, like, foot and a half tall alien creature that... I don't think it's sold too much, but now it's one of these holy grails of toy collectors that is almost impossible to find at a cheap price in good condition. And that was it, because they kind of, you know, you can't really market an R-rated film, especially back then, for, for, for kids, you know, for toys. 
It just made no sense. And if you even remember, like, I think the commercial, it was like, but wait a minute. Does that mean this kid watched that film? And how irresponsible are the parents to show them that film? (laughs) But anyway, The Warriors is not the kind of film that (laughs) you would figure kids would be watching and turning into, you know, action figures and that sort of thing. But that doesn't matter right now. What matters is that this is a style. It's a style that has been around for a while now. Again, I give Reaction full credit for it when they started it with the uh, with the alien figures. It's a style that gives you a certain franchise that either had, didn't have, or almost had an action figure line and creates it, gives it to you, plain and simple. What you got here is five figures, three warriors and two furies. And let me read a little bit about the description that they give you, uh, you know, on the internet about this particular set. When you open up the box, uh, you cannot see the figures from the outside of the box. You have to physically, you know, open the box and slide out the tray inside. In the tray, you have the five figures in plastic, but they're easily open. You know, you can just lift the cover, the plastic translucent cover, and you see all the figures there anyway to remove the figures. But you can leave them in there if you want to keep them, you know, behind plastic. And there's a backdrop of the train station. It says uh, Union. I guess it's Union Station. Uh, from the movie, which is really cool. It's a nice little backdrop to have if, you know, in in whichever manner I'll end up displaying these. But again, let me give you the the written description. It says, Five Points presents the Warriors box set featuring Swan, Ajax, Cleon, and two baseball furies. This box set is complete with an array of accessories that fit neatly into each figure's hands, as well as a New York City subway platform backdrop Perfect floor display. That's what that's what I was just talking about. The Warriors fight to make their way back home after being accused of killing a gang leader. The turf battle ranges from Coney Island to the Bronx as every gang in New York City wants revenge. <laughs> it's, okay, that's cool. The five points the Warriors box set features. Now, let me clear one thing up here. Mesco is the company that made them, but I believe this particular brand, you know, this particular subdivision of Mezco is five points. So it's like a subtitle or a subheading for the company name, I guess, that's in charge of creating this. Five points also, I assume, refers to the articulation. That's a reference to that, I believe, the five-point articulation, which is the the gimmick, if you will, of this line, of this particular line of figures, and just like the other ones that people have. So it's at the five points the Warriors box set features. Swan, the warrior's warlord. Swan is a man of very few words, but is willing to step up when it counts. (laughs) And that's Michael Beck's character. He's the leader of the warriors. Okay, I'm looking at the figure here. It looks great. It looks fantastic. It's just, they did such a good job. And what's amazing about it is that once you remove the figure, look at this. The back of the vest has the warrior's logo in the back. Very well made. One of the things about these figures that I admire, because you could do them in different ways. You can stick to the Star Wars tradition of, yes, five points of articulation, but not too much detail, not too accurate likenesses, you know, facial likenesses. And that is what this does in reverse. In other words, it does have its five point of articulation, but... The faces, my God, the faces are so well done. Even the vests, there's so much detail and texture to them, which is something that, again, in the 70s, they wouldn't have gone this far. 
It would have been a completely different technology in terms of how they manufacture these. What these figures seem to do, to the best of my knowledge, is that they use the five-point of articulation format, and the stance is also a five-point of articulation stance. You know, you don't have too many bended elbows or, or anything like that. It's a basic stance, but the detail is really good. What I'm also seeing here underneath the figure tray is a third tray. So... Think about it this way, I know it's a little hard to explain, but you have three different layers of plastic. The bottommost layer holds everybody's stand for every figure. The middle layer holds the figures and all the accessories. And the top layer is just a cover for that middle layer, so you don't touch anything. But anyway, getting back to the figures, the figures have pec stands, so you can attach them to the base. Fully articulated, you know, five points. Lots and lots of accessories, my god. So, back to the description. Your next character is Ajax, a heavy muscle member of the Warriors. Ajax is arrogant, loud, and always up for a rumble. <laughs> oh my god. So, Ajax, I think that's Remar's character. His face, again, they did a pretty good job with his face. They actually they, they got pretty close. He's got a different kind of belt buckle than Swan. Uh, he's got his uh, cutoff gloves. Again, very good job. Same vest, because again, that's their uniform. Then you have Cleon, the leader and founder of the Warriors. Cleon formed the gang in 1978 after being betrayed by a member of a rival gang. And Cleon is on the other side. He's got, um, let's see, what has he got? He's got like a necklace, a different kind of belt buckle. That's another thing. And he's got that uh, that like towel over his head, like wrapped around thing going on, which I remember from the film slightly. And these are the three warriors. I mean, there were more warriors in the movie, obviously, but these are the three they picked for this particular set. Then you have Baseball Fury, leader, wearing green and black face paint. Okay, now that's an error, I think, because his face paint really looks kind of yellowish to me. Unless it's supposed to be like a combination of yellow to green kind of color. But uh, it is described as green. To me, it looks yellow. And I, I would have to watch the film to uh, be able to tell what color exactly his face was. But he is wearing, you know, the, the Yankee, the, the pinstripes. And in the back, it has the Furies logo. And uh, he's got the, the one eye painted black. And yeah, I mean, the, he's got the black cap on it and the uh, black undershirt underneath. Again, they did an excellent, excellent job. And then you have Baseball Fury Lieutenant wearing red and black face paint. The Baseball Fury Lieutenant packs plenty of muscle. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he is basically, I would imagine, a repaint because the body looks exactly the same except for the face uh, painted differently. Pretty sure that's the difference. Accessories. Now get this. You got two baseball bats for the Furies. One spray paint can. Who's got the, the spray paint can? It's somewhere between Swan and Cleon. That's where they placed it. So I guess either one of them used that one. One lit Molotov cocktail. That's between Swan and Ajax. One switchblade between them two, too, also. Uh, one pipe. I see the pipe between the Furies and the Warriors. Uh, one chain. Okay, a chain. Yeah, that's that's what they, they use. And one spike wooden plank. Oh boy, look at that. That's that's some crazy stuff. And then it says five points are Mesco's upgrade 
to the articulated action figures of yesteryear. These highly detailed posable action figures feature some of pop culture's most familiar faces, both old and new. The five points of the Warriors box sets are packaged in a collector-friendly box designed with collectors in mind. Ages 16 plus. <laughs> Here's a good one for you. This product is intended for mature collectors. It might contain small parts, sharp points, or other hazardous elements not suitable for children under the age of 16. Wow. So, yeah, this is a really cool set. I, like I said, have to figure out how to display them. I wonder if they're going to go crazy and start producing more of these. Oh, I hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> For my sake. Because they are so well made. Now, the question is, how do you display these? Like I said before, yes, I could, you know, prop them up and, and, and stand them up. Uh, that's one way of doing it. But I really like the fact that, and especially when you're in a situation where you're kind of running out of room as to how to display things, this particular set, rather than have to display five different cards, which is also a good thing that they didn't go the card route, to display this, it would be nice to be able to display the whole set in one shot. So the question then becomes, is there a way that I can adapt this backdrop and this plastic that's holding the figures into be able to hang them somewhere, you know, with some kind of J or L hooks or something that will give them a, a way of being able to be displayed without the elements hitting them directly especially dust man dust gets everywhere and by the way sorry for the excessive noise this is all the, the plastic you're hearing me as i mess with these things i've seen like i said before i've seen the other ones i've seen pictures of the other ones the ones that are the larger size ones and there might have been even another company i'm not entirely sure but i don't know if this is the first company ever that that to have messed with this particular line but they did an excellent job if you can't afford the other ones the other ones are just also fantastic but this is a great starter set the set goes for about 50 bucks with shipping it's like 60 so you figure what about 12 dollars a piece 12 dollars a piece is not bad in terms of how much these would sell if they were to put be put out individually so that kind of makes sense Again, this is a, this is just a fantastic set, and it is so dangerous for me if they were to make more of these, because <laughs> they're so well made. I definitely recommend them. If you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie. I actually even have the book. Believe it or not, I have the book the movie was based on that I haven't even touched yet. and I can't wait to get my hands on that and start reading it pretty soon. The movie is very, very 70s action. It screams 70s early 80s, late 70s, you get that feel. And, and the majority of the movie is shot at night. It's old night scenes. It's a fun movie. And a lot of, you know, familiar Hollywood faces kind of peek in and out of there. But overall, I'm completely happy with this particular acquisition. Are you a genre TV, film, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, toy, and convention nerd? Nerds! Do you enjoy listening to podcasts? It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Do you ever wish you could co-host a podcast? Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm, I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. This just might be your chance. Somebody help me! Help me! Help me! Help me! Shut up! Geekfest Rants is looking for new co-hosts. If you're interested, go to our homepage at geekfestrants.com and click on the hosting icon for more information. On today's Posters of the Month, 
we are going to focus on two very distinct posters. First one up is Westworld. Westworld, if you guys remember, is that 1973 Michael Crichton film having to do with a theme park for adults full of robots that are very lifelike, that go haywire and start killing everyone. Yes, I know, that sounds a little bit like Jurassic Park in terms of the, the theme park that goes awry and starts killing everyone. I've talked about this movie before, I think. I think I did it, because I've already talked about the television show, the HBO show in the past. The movie itself, I, I really wasn't much of a fan, I guess. I mean, I wasn't very aware of it. Let's put it that way. I wasn't very aware of it early in the 70s or even the early 80s. But it wasn't until Terminator came out that all of a sudden, because I was such a huge Terminator fan, that I started trying to research, okay, well, where do the ideas for Terminator come from? And one of the places that everybody points to is Westworld. And since then, I've seen Westworld many, many times and thoroughly enjoyed it. The poster that we're dealing with today is by Neil Adams. And as you can probably see on the artwork over there, um, this is the uh, the full shot of Yul Brynner. In the center, you have a cutout of Richard Benjamin and James Brolin as they're traveling towards Westworld. It's from the movie. I imagine that that shot is probably a production shot. And it is not necessarily a shot from the movie directly because Brolin is looking at the camera. So it, it must have been some kind of publicity behind the scenes type of shot that they took. Then below that, like below his waist, below Yul Brynner's waist, exactly where the the belt, the gunslinger belt is, you have an insert of a control room, like a NASA type of control room, which is where all these uh, robots and attractions are being controlled from, you know, directly in the movie. The poster uh, says on the top... Boy, have we got a vacation for you. Then you have the whole poster, Westworld, and then another little tagline under the where, under Westworld, where it's, and it says, where nothing can possibly go wrong. And the word wrong is kind of like coming off of the, the line where it's supposed to be, as if the letters are kind of falling out of the poster, sort of. So that's a cute little thing they added to it. I mean, it's a, I can't tell you that it's a typical 70s, poster the fact that it's done in art could tell you off the bat that you're dealing in in 70s motif the poster itself the the, the drawing now this is a very stylized kind of drawing almost cartoonish kind of drawing which kind of makes sense because the artist Neil Adams is a very prolific comic book artist He's worked for just about every company, DC, Marvel. From what I've seen, he was a big Batman and Green Lantern artist. I mean, he's basically touched just about every single property out there. He's been in the business so long. But at one point, apparently, he actually, I guess, dabbled in making posters for movies. Not a lot. I couldn't find too many of them. And this, to me, seems to be probably the most famous one of all of them at least based on my particular likes and, and tastes in movies. In this poster, Yul Brynner obviously is the star of the film, which is kind of, I guess, yeah, I guess at the time he was probably the biggest draw. It almost felt, I remember, 
like he's trying to kind of cash in on the on his early westerns, you know, the Magnificent Seven type of motif. Granted, the the character, you know, it's Yul Brynner, black hat, black shirt, black, you know, it's it's that character, you know. You're you're, you're it seems so connected to me to that iconic image of the Magnificent Seven. This time, this character not being the good guy, but the bad guy. So yes, he is the star. So he does get top billing, not only in the in the credits uh, of the poster. You know, he is the lead. Now, what's what's a little unusual, and I don't know if it's a defect in the poster or an offshoot, or I don't know if they did it differently in different posters, but you have starting Yul Brynner, Richard Benjamin, and James Brolin. Now, Yul Brynner is the star, but for whatever reason, the word Richard Benjamin is slightly higher on the uh, on the credit. And then in the second line, that's when you get James Brolin. So I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, or like I said before, maybe it's some kind of defect or something, but it seems odd that they would choose to raise Richard Benjamin's name a little higher than Yul Brynner. I don't know if at the time Richard Benjamin was a bigger star. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But the only reason I bring it up is because I know that a lot of times, you know, the placement of the credits, the placement, how big a font is, you know, who gets top billing, it, that's a big deal. That's something that if you're a big star, it gets negotiated and, and you have to follow certain rules, you know, even on posters or else, uh, you know, people get sued. But anyway, so you have that. The primary image, like I mentioned before, is all built around the drawing of the Yul Brynner character, which is this this robot that's malfunctioning. Now, in the poster, you have his face in this particular poster, because there's, there's a couple variations of this poster. You have his face, and from the nose to the chin, there's like an open gap hole where you could see the robotics inside. You know, from the nose up, it's human looking, except for the eyes, they look kind of whitish, which is something also in the movie that they kind of added so that you can kind of tell that he's not exactly human. Then he's got what appears to be bullet holes all over the place and blood coming out of some of them. His arm shirt is ripped up and his skin is ripped up. And again, inside you see the robotics, you see the pneumatic chrome metal parts. His other hand, his, let's see, not his gun hand, his left hand seems to be missing most of his fingers. And instead, you have the metal, again, pneumatic chrome tips of a robot. I don't think, if I remember right, that that actually happened in the film. You can actually also see some, I think, wires in the the top of the wrist area or, or the hand, the top of the hand. But anyway, uh, again, I don't think you got to see this in the film in that much detail looking that good. Even the, the damage to his gun hand, I mean... You could see inside his arm, but it's the type of thing that it looks much better as a drawing because obviously, you know, it's a special effect that's at the time a little difficult to do. Now, this particular poster, it's a reproduction. It only costs about 15, 20 bucks, I think, something like that. But there are alternate versions of this. The foreign market posters pretty much follow this general design with the, you know, the body of the uh, of the robot and the, the inserts, except in some of them, they change the pictures. So for example, there's a Japanese poster version where the inside is a control room, but a different picture of the control room. And then the, the from the waist down is like a robot being serviced. So they, they have a little bit of room to play 
you know, to kind of rearrange those two pictures. There's another one I saw that doesn't have the centerpiece altogether. It's completely gone. And then you have just another bullet wound in there. And then in the bottom, there's a huge control room, uh, a guy hovering over a, a board, you know, controlling board type of thing. So they do have something in common. But what I also saw on some of these other variations, even in some of the, I think, the DVD covers and stuff like that, the market, the, the, the video covers, is that they completely cut out the face of Yul Brynner and let him have a completely robotic face, you know, from chin through the forehead. But then the face, the Yul Brynner face is kind of off to the side as if a panel had been removed with the face. I've seen a couple like that, that again, gives you that feeling of, Oh, it is your... Because, yeah, I mean, again, if that's your star, to not include your star's face on the poster, it could be a bit of a problem, unless the star specifically wants that done because he hates the film. But most times, no. Most times you have to promote the, the star uh, and the face. I'm, I'm surprised that this, this poster didn't require uh, them to have his name on top of the poster, which, I don't know, maybe that was more of like, like an 80s thing, you know, the Schwarzenegger, Stallone, you know, that kind of a thing. I really like the movie, you know, once I got to see it, once I, you get to appreciate it, and, 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 and that's something about Crichton films, at least, or at least his best films, is that, and even his books. Now, from what I understand, he, he's very thorough in the science that he throws into his stories, into his books or his movies. It, it might be science fiction, but he loads it with science. So it's not just a, well, it just is what it is. No, he gives you a scientific reason and definition for most of the things he's trying to tell you. Again, even if it's science fiction, because a lot of his work is science fiction, that's what it would fall under. But when I saw Terminator, uh, like I said earlier, that's when they kind of bounced me to this film. And it's funny because you could see so much of the influence. You could see the the not only the robotics in terms of the um, you know the scenes in Terminator when when you do see inside of his body, he cuts his uh, wrist in order to fix a malfunctioning uh, gyro or something in there. And in this movie, you get little bits and pieces of that. Granted, it is not as well done as Terminator. You know, Terminator was like what, 10, 15 years later, more or less, but. You do get some of that. You get that robotic interaction. You get that robotic coldness. Again, done way better on the Terminator. And the idea of a robot that is programmed just to complete his mission, you know, his purpose. And there is practically like no emotion in this robot when you see him in the film. There's confusion. There's all kinds of other reactions. But he is just cold you know, throughout the movie, which is perfect. You know, it's perfect for this sort of thing. And again, this poster, I find it, it's a, it's a very good example because it has this, not only is it, I mean, obviously it's Westworld. It's, it's a, it's, it, they, they chose the Western motif uh, and it fits perfectly for a movie. That's the other thing. If this was going to be Samurai World <laughs> or whatever world, yeah, you would have to probably spend a lot more money on sets of that sort. But the fact that they made it Westworld, they were able to incorporate a lot of the Western equipment and sets and props and all that junk that's been laying around for a long time in a genre that was kind of finishing on its way out. You know, by the 80s, uh, the Western is pretty much done in terms of 
the way it was before. The 80s, you could kind of say it was a renaissance of horror and science fiction, you know, started with Star Wars and movies like Alien and, you know, stuff like that and Halloween and whatever. But the golden age of Westerns, you could kind of say was dying by the 60s, maybe even earlier, you know, it was the, the, the genre was transitioning to something else. People were into something else. And it was a way to kind of combine these two major genres, if you think about it. Sci-fi, which was coming, you know, at the time, Star Wars wasn't even here yet, but we were heading in the Star Wars direction and we were saying goodbye to the Western. So in a way, it's it's kind of neat also that they were able to do that. Now, I'm surprised that this artist didn't have a, a much bigger poster career. And again, from most of the research that I've done, it's very difficult to find anything that can give it specific interviews or data or information having to do with the style or the design. It seems to me that, you know, he created this basic, I don't want to call it a formula, but layout. And then it gave the marketers of the film a very good template to be able to modify and adjust depending on which market it was for, whether it's for the UK market or the Asian market or the European, you know, every uh, variation of this poster seems to not crazily deviate from this basic formula. But as a poster, it's very like matinee. It's like you could picture, you know, you're walking by a movie theater and you see that poster and you're like, oh man, this is... This is really interesting. It's a, oh, it's a Hugh Brenner and sci-fi and robots and, wow, this is, this is kind of neat. <laughs> Which is kind of like the purpose of the poster. The poster is not just there to kind of, as a side thing, the poster is supposed to sell a potential customer on saying, yeah, I'm going to go and jump in, in this. Which is very different. I mean, and it's happened to me before, and I mentioned it, that, you know, I follow movies and television and whatever, you know, in a way in advance when I know what projects are coming and somebody's working on this and somebody's working on that. And it's like, oh, I want to watch the blah, blah, blah when it comes out because I heard that so-and-so is in it and I like so-and-so, you know, that kind of thing. But there is also a market, uh, maybe it was, maybe that's how it was before. People that were not tuned into Hollywood and, and, and filmmaking and that sort of thing, where it's like, oh no, it's basically somebody who's opening a newspaper and going to the movie section and they see these these little miniature posters and what theater it's playing. And they would pick a movie based on how nice the art was or what does the art tell you about that poster? And I guess that's possible. That's, that's, that's advertising. That's marketing. That's one way of reaching people unless you're, you know, kind of nutty and crazy and tuned into, into Hollywood. And, and, you know, you're, you're in that, that's your thing, you know, that's your genre, that's your passion, uh, that you're already anticipating certain things. And the poster really won't matter to you uh, one way or the other, because you want to see that movie no matter what. But with that said, I've had situations where, either a poster or a, just a little thumbnail of a, of a movie or a television show. And I mentioned this earlier, the TV show, The Wilds. And I talked about how I had no interest. I had no knowledge. I had nothing on this thing. But when I was one of the, I was doing one of those deep dives into Netflix or Prime or whatever, and all you had is this little thumbnail that came up. And I'm like, oh, let's take a look. What is this? Based on a little thumbnail. And I ended up loving the show. So yeah, I guess even for 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 somebody who's uh you know as connected in terms of knowing what they like and what they want and what they're expecting, a piece of advertisement uh, can really uh, uh, push you over the edge into watching something.
The second poster I want to look at is not exactly a movie poster, but it's a kind of like a public service announcement kind of poster. And there's a number of them out there that I'll, I'll talk about eventually. But one particular one I want to talk about is uh, one I just acquired, which is the Baby Yoda Grogu character, the child from The Mandalorian, holding a, a red book on his left arm, on his left hand, actually, and kind of looking up. And on the top of the poster, it says, read in red. And it says, this is the way, which is the, one of the taglines, one of the, the phrases from The Mandalorian. And it's a cute little poster. It's, it's done by the American Library Association. And it's a poster meant to basically promote reading to children. You know, they see the poster, little, you know, the, the little baby Yoda holding it. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess baby Yoda wants us to read. Let's read. You know, it's that kind of a, you know, encouraging kind of poster. Again, public service to everybody, harmless, but super popular because that particular character was super hot lately. That particular poster, I don't know how many times they reprinted it already. I had to wait a couple of times because it kept being out of stock. And once I saw it, I said, I got to have that poster. And the reason that I wanted that poster is because this is a takeoff, if you will, on an earlier poster from 1983 which was the original Reed poster, again, from the American Library Association, of Yoda holding a red book. In 1983, they published this poster, which has become, amongst poster collectors, you know, your average person might not even be aware of it, uh, unless maybe you, you went to a library at one point and they had it on the wall. But there was this very popular Reed poster for Yoda, again, encouraging children to read. And... The design of the poster, it's funny because it came out in 1983. 1983 is when Return of the Jedi came out. But the poster for that Yoda one uses a picture from The Empire Strikes Back. And the picture is Yoda basically staring directly at you, more or less. And he's he's holding his cane, but you really can't see it. And what they did is they kind of drew inserted a photo kind of like airbrushed it in in a way they blended it in because remember 1983 there's no photoshop everything has to be done traditional old style of incorporating one image on top of the other and then taking a picture of that and you know painting it and softening it and anyway a red book now the top says read but what's interesting is that the font and the color, it's Return of the Jedi red color, which is it's really interesting because you think, you're thinking about it. Oh, it's, a, it's Empire Strikes Back. Yes, it is Empire Strikes Back, but it's a Return of the Jedi font. And this came out in 83. And then it says, and the force is with you. So it's read and then underneath the tagline and the force is with you. Cute, wonderful little poster. It got around everywhere. They reprinted it millions of times. You know, there's millions of copies out there. They reprinted it many times. I have a reproduction of that poster here that I just bought. But the way that I got that poster was first by getting the the child poster from The Mandalorian, this new one, which uh, got me there. And I did a little research into that original poster. And it's funny because what I found out was that originally Lucas di didn't want that particular photo. What they had suggested or kind of agreed upon initially was that they were going to use a picture of Yoda which is a picture that might be a behind-the-scenes picture or, or, or an unused scene picture, but it's Yoda with his eyes closed. He's got the cane on one hand, and he's got his right hand kind of up in the air. It's like he's levitating something. It could have been when he was levitating the X-Wing, or maybe he was trying to levitate some other stuff. Again, 
but it's a it's a picture and it's a it's an angle that I'm not very familiar with. So what they had originally done, you know, the concept was to take that levitation side photo and then build a mount of books underneath him, almost as if he's standing on a stack, a huge stack of books. And then in the bottom, it would say, read, and the force is with you. Again, the Jedi font and everything. And then they had a secondary version. Again, same picture of Yoda from the side. But instead of him standing on a pile of books, he would be levitating a book that would be opening like right in front of him. So again, a little more specific as to one book being you know shown in front of you. Another good example, and this one was read on top and the force is with you in the bottom. So that was the second concept. But for whatever reason, they kind of went back or somebody went back to something that originally Lucasfilm didn't want. And that is that head on picture of Yoda uh, with the book in front of him. He's holding the book in his arm and that's the one they went with. So this is a great little follow up, if you will, an homage to that very classic 83 Yoda from Empire read poster now being redone in this manner now granted obviously I'm pretty sure I'm pretty pretty sure that this uh, this is just a, a side shot of uh, of Grogu and they and now <laughs> easily photoshop because now you have that technology I'm pretty sure he didn't have the red book in the set to, you know to, so someone could take a picture of <laughs> but it's a great uh, you know like before and after you know the progression of uh, the the read campaign and how Star Wars was able to help you know and and give its its assistance from one of its most or in this case two of its most popular characters. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We began with uh, the Warriors, the action figures that I just got. Man, they did such a good job. And when I see something like this, is it's exactly what gets me going in terms of saying, wow, if they do something this good for this movie, why couldn't they do that movie? I'm still hoping somebody will one day do an official line of, let's say, V action figures. Oh, there are so many more of these 80s, you know, and even 70s properties that would be so cool in an action figure arena in a three and three quarter inch uh, five point of articulation arena that you know hopefully something like the warriors would kind of you know push those over the edge into into going into production then we looked at some posters westworld great movie great poster it's so 70s you know the design the look the feel you get for this poster and then we looked at the yoda and Grogu posters for the Reed campaign from Star Wars. Again, not necessarily a a one-sheet movie poster, but these little side projects. Star Wars did a number of PSA commercials and poster campaigns, you know, print and film and television. You know, this was one of them to encourage kids to read, and it is so appropriate that they could return to that format with an updated character so crazily connected to that original poster in you know in the spirit of that original poster they did a fantastic job i love that poster it's just the cutest thing ever anyway thanks everybody for listening and we will see you soon here at geek fest rants bye-bye everybody mgm presents westworld Attention, please. 
We will soon be landing at Westworld, the ultimate resort. We have you on grid five, over. It consists of three worlds of the past. Locking in now. Worlds where you can live out your every fantasy. There's Roman world, the lusty, decadent delights of Imperial Pompeii. Notify ground crews. Medieval world, chivalry and combat in 13th century Europe. And Westworld, lawless violence on the American frontier of the 1880s. Each resort is maintained by reliable computer technology and peopled by lifelike robot men and women. Let's stand by for resort activation. Ready on six, on five, on four, on three, on two. Activate now. Our robots are programmed to provide you with an unforgettable vacation. Dinner at seven, breakfast at 6.30. Get lunch on your own. Don't look like much here, but we have everything. You mean to tell me he's a robot? What'll it be? Uh, vodka martini on the rocks with a twist of lemon. Very dry, please. Just give him whiskey. He's new in town. Many elements of the Delos Resort are potentially dangerous. That's part of the appeal. Go on. You say something, boy. Kill him. Your move. Our technology is designed to provide all this in complete safety. In Westworld, frustrations find release. Desire ends in satisfaction. Let me handle it. And all in a controlled environment. That's not supposed to happen. We know you'll enjoy your stay in Westworld. Hold it. The ultimate resort. Let me do it this time. Where nothing... Nothing can possibly go wrong. I'm shot. Go wrong. Raw. Go wrong. Oh, my God. Shut down. Shut down immediately. Westworld from MGM. Starring Yul Brynner. Richard Benjamin. And James Brolin. Westworld, the ultimate resort. Boy, do we have a vacation for you. For you. For you. For you. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2021. This broadcast is part of the IC Robots radio network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs>